Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, Nikki. Hello, Pete Wright. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. I'm super mindful. Are you? Oh, Me yeah. Too. I'm feeling it. I am super feeling it. Yes. And you know why? Because our friend Casey Dixon is back. Hi, Casey. Hi, guys. How are you? <laughs> you, you sound really... Look at... Look, see, I'm all... I'm pumped and you sound really mindful. I am so mindful and you... calm. <laughs> It's that time of year, you know? It is that time of year. We are going to be talking all about the holidays and dealing with the holiday stresses and anxiety. Uh, Casey is back from MindfullyADD.com. She is a fantastic ADHD coach, and she is here to talk us down from all that holiday anxiety. Uh, Mindfulness and stress are obviously on deck, along with a few questions from you all about how to deal with family and relationships. Casey, we've so missed you. Thank you for coming back. It's great to be back again. We don't have a lot of shows uh, in December about the holidays, and so I thought if we're going to have one, this is the this is it. This is the most important one to have is how to stay calm. Um, I know with a lot of my clients already, they are feeling the stress of Christmas shopping and getting things done and relationships and how to deal with you know some that are maybe harder than others, and it's just a time where we want to be joyful, we want to be happy, but there's also just so much stress and overwhelm. And I thought, you know, let's talk about mindfulness. Let's get Casey back on the show and and have us just be reminded about why this is important in our lives, not just in the holidays, but at any time. But I, I definitely think now is a great time to, to start or to at least practice it and keep Keep going with it if well, you've been doing yeah, I mean, that's, it, right? That's really it, right? <laughs> we I don't want to stop. A, no, this is one of those things that we that we feel like um, if if you're not doing it, now's the time to try, right? Because this is where you're going to be. Your buttons are likely to be pushed. Well, and uh, if, right and here if you have been doing it, don't stop just yeah. because you're stressed. Yeah. So, Casey, let us. I mean, tell us what do you think? How do you remind? people that this is such an important time to, to practice and mindfulness and be more intentional about that? Well, I mean, I think it just like any time of year, what we know about mindfulness is that it will help us to feel the negative parts of the ADHD trait spectrum. So, you know, if you're practicing mindfulness on a regular basis, you're going to feel less anxious, less um, chaotic, less driven by things that are like deadline driven and urgent 
um, less likely to sort of randomly be guided by distractions and run around multitasking, <laughs> trying to get mm -hmm. things done, um, and help to sort of even out and temper your focus so that you can kind of rely on it more for when you do need to get those giant to-do lists done. So it's important to do it all, you know, all year round. Um, the more that you practice it and the more regularly you do it, the more you can rely on it to help you when things become stressful and sort of chaotic, like at, at this time of year. Um, on the other hand, it's not a bad time to start either. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So if you, like you said, Pete, if you're not really doing it, now is a good time to sort of say, okay, what can I do to help support my energy at this time of year? Because we all know you need that. You know what just occurred to me, Casey, as you're using this language, it sounds an awful lot like something we talk about all the time, which is developing your trusted system, right? I mean, we, we count on these trusted life systems to help us, you know, it's why we put our keys in the same bowl every day. It's why we put all our post-its and bills on the, on the uh, minder board. It's why we do all these things. This is really a trusted mindfulness system, isn't it? Yeah, it, it falls into that category. And I think that word trust is really, really important. And I love that you're using that because I think for a lot of folks with ADHD, they don't trust themselves to follow through on that big giant to-do list. Um, they don't trust themselves to sort of be able to cope with the relatives that are coming to stay at the house mm -hmm. during the holidays. Yeah. Um, they don't trust themselves to have a nice, calm holiday dinner on the table on time. Um, so there's this anticipatory lack of trust, which creates a lot of anxiety. And so we do need systems to help sort of offload that into the external world. So like you said, I don't trust myself to be able to find my keys, but I know I have that external system of putting them in that one spot that I always put them in. And mindfulness really can be part of that. Um, you know, I know if I'm going to have to go to a holiday party and I'm going to see some people there and I'm a little bit nervous about that, that's a good time to sort of stop and take a pause and practice a little mindfulness before you go, just to give you a reset on your energy. Um, it's like a reboot on your energy system that will help to develop calm. So you can rely on it that way as um, sort of as needed, trusted system. It also, I think the other important piece about mindfulness is it helps us to optimize how our brain is functioning all the time. So it's not just sort of a when I need it kind of strategy. It's I'm going to do it so that I'm always sort of feeling a little bit calmer. I'm able to handle things a little bit more adeptly when they come up and are stressful, whether we can expect them or not. Well, and I can, I, I think what I'm hearing you say is say that this is something that they start now, but they continue to practice this throughout all of two seven or 2017. So they continue to do it through the next year that next year at this time, they're not going to have the same feelings of anxiety and stress because they have that system to rely on that they know that th this is something that they can trust and, and it's not as overwhelming, I would assume is what you're saying, right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't, you don't end up going into like DEFCON mode. Like you, <laughs> you, you have to really, oh my God, I really, I need to, I should be meditating four hours a day. Right. Uh, yeah. Just to make up for all the stress that I well, have Well, and then that's stressful because you're thinking, right. where yeah. am I going to find four <laughs> yeah, hours right. to sit in a meditation? And But I do think that, you know, it, it's not a, an, a magic bullet or a panacea. Yes, 
stressful times are going to be stressful. So even if you practice mindfulness all throughout 2017 and you get to the holidays and you have a lot of stressful things going on, you're still going to experience that. You just won't experience it in the same way, the way that makes you feel like you can't handle it or that you're going to overreact emotionally or, you know, sort of by running around randomly doing things in a chaotic way. It gives you the ability to pause and recognize that stress and then move forward in an intentional way. So it doesn't make life sort of rosy all the time, (laughs) but it allows us to handle it a little better. And the more you practice it and the more consistent your practice is, um, the, the easier that gets. And that's, a, I think, a very clear distinction that, that yes, it's not this magic thing that's all of a sudden going to make your ADHD go away or your stress go away, but it helps manage both. Right. And it does mm-hmm. reduce the ADHD symptoms. So whether, mm-hmm. you know, we look at the brain, is that actually changing your, your brain chemistry? Well, the answer is yes. So there's a little piece of that. It'll help make your ADHD go away for some people. Um, You know, the research is showing about 80% of those people who are practicing regularly will have brain changes that look like reduced ADHD. But I think for, you know, if we just don't, we don't know exactly how that mechanism works yet. So if we just look at how do we experience life, it's going to help you to experience life in a more even way way that you can trust yourself to cope and get through it. So what would you say to the person who is concerned about having a guest (laughs) in their home? Um, And and this actually just recently came up. I I was working with a college student and she was concerned about going back home because she knew that her grandparents were going to be there for um, a pretty lengthy amount of time. I mean, this just wasn't just over Christmas and Christmas Eve. You know, it was it's going to be like about a week and a half that they're there. And she was concerned about how that was going to affect her. Was she still going to be able to, you know, go out and have um, fun with her friends? And and, you know, how was she going to deal with some of these? conversations because they are much more conservative than than she is and I know what I told her and I'm happy to to give that information out in just a minute but I'm really curious to know what you would say in that situation and any other situation where you might be a little bit nervous about a guest coming when I love that because I just had this conversation yesterday as well with one of my clients whose son is he lives in California, um, she lives in Pennsylvania, is coming home for the holidays. Um, she was anticipating not being able to cope with that. That was sort of where she was feeling tons of anxiety, trying to clean out his room, you know, so that he had a nice place to stay. But just, you know, how am I going to deal with having him back in the house? Um, because they also had some lifestyle challenges <laughs> where, you know, it, there were going to be some tricky conversations. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, basically I think what your client and my client are doing right is noticing that there's some trepidation there, that you, you have to sort of be self-aware enough to say, hey, there's this, gonna, this is going to be an issue for me. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that in I'm feeling anxious about this person being in my home or me being in their home, whether, whether, whatever way it goes. Um, the second part of that is usually where people stop, which is this sort of, I anticipate feeling crummy about that and I'm nervous. And then they just sort of, that's where they end. So instead of anticipating the negatives, is there a way to anticipate what you can do about it? So this is where that little bit of planning comes in. 
you know, so as coaches, we ask questions, right? So we would say, okay, what would it look like if you were, for my client who said, I'm not going to be able to cope with having him in the house very well. I asked her, what would it look like if you were coping well with that situation? You know, she mm-hmm. assumed she wasn't going to cope well. Well, what would it look like if it if it was the opposite of that? And she really wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> She's well, like, I so don't know. It's so much easier, right? I mean, we default to, in many ways, the anxiety, right? That's a space of, sadly, it's a space of comfort. So it's it's easy to stop there and just anticipate the worst. Right. Because that's, well, that's where you're used to being, too. And it's yeah, sort of it's, exasperated. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not a very pleasant home. <laughs> No. Um, so when I asked her what coping with having him in her house would look like, then eventually we were able to come up with a couple of things that that were going to be more positive. Um, for example, you know, giving him the space and the freedom to be in his home where he grew up without her sort of always being in his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she wanted to give him that, but she wasn't sure she knew how. So what would it look like if you were giving him a little bit of space to relax over the holidays? And, um, you know, so coming up with questions that you can ask yourself, um, how am I going to make this visit help me with my energy and my stress and also be a pleasant outcome for, you know, sort of a win-win? So I do think planning a little bit of um, strategy, those systems, ahead of time for how you're going to minimize the stress and release tension when you have somebody in your home. So, you know, I think for your college student, planning some time to get out of the house and spend time with her friends, you know, and letting her grandparents know that when she sort of says, hey, welcome to our house. I'm here. Oh, by the way, I just want to let you know I'm going to be spending some time with my girlfriends too during the holidays or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, Oh, go go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I think one of the things that people do is they anticipate all the topics that they shouldn't be talking about. Um, You know, let's not talk about politics or let's not talk about what are you doing with your life (laughs) kind of issues. Um, But I think one of the other things is to turn that on its head and say, okay, well, how about creating a list of topics that you should be talking about? Things that you and your family members or relatives can share and talk sort of amiably about um, and have that as a, as a sort of go-to. So when things start to get tense, you can pull out one of those topics. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. And it's a great idea for them to be thinking about that rather than the negative, because that's almost pre-planning a little bit too. It's like, oh, I really do want to share this part of my life. And so I want to make sure that that is uh, something that, that I bring up and much more positive way to, to go about it. What I was going to say is, is what I had asked her is, um, if, if she'd had a conversation with her mom about how she was feeling, like did her parents know that she was having these anxieties and these concerns and, and she hadn't, she hadn't brought that up. And so that was one of the suggestions I had is what do you think would happen if you brought this up to your mom? And, uh, and we had that conversation of, well, she probably would be a little bit more understanding and, and kind of, again, I think, um, 
forecasting that, hey, this is something that's important to you. So let, you know, be be communicative or communicate that with your your parents. Well, I have such a visceral memory of being that college student, right? <laughs> of of yeah. being the college student that has that that goes to school far away and has to get on a plane to go home for the holidays and anticipating from the moment I left campus the demands that would be put on my time and my space and my emotional presence. And that, you know, it's that sort of, here's a a full travel day that I get to do in it just to get off the plane and walk out and and start communicating that anxiety and stress and and, and you know demand uh, on in that first hug you know and it it starts so poorly I so I, I absolutely resonate I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk about that it, I absolutely resonate with that it takes me back to my 18 year old self and and remembering that I never did talk about it. I never did get off the plane and say, I, this is how I'm feeling, and I know this is going to be hard for both of us, uh, but we need to be aware of it. Well, and it's so ironic that your client was the mother, Casey, right, and right. mine was the student. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, isn't that funny? It's like they probably, and I'm sure that if you were to ask my students' parents, they're probably feeling a lot of anxiety about this, too. Right. It's probably the same family. Oh, <laughs> no. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> <laughs> but I love your your example, Pete, because I think one of the things as young people, you know, so college-aged kids, we have to learn how to do to be adult, more adult as we get more mature, is to manage other people's expectations of us. So, you know, you were coming home feeling like all these expectations were piled on you about how you're going to be and how available you're going to be and how you're going to act while you're at home. But part of the thing of growing up is starting to teach other people to what to expect from us. And I think that that's true from, you know, that age group and also for the moms and and grandparents. It's like and and for people who don't have kids coming home, you know, if I send out 600 Christmas cards every year, then people are going to start to expect that for me. But if I don't and I only send them to my closest family and friends, then that's what they expect from me. So managing the expectations of people around us is going to be a huge piece of managing stress and how we feel like we're in control of our own sort of being when we can be present in the moment. Well, and it's and it's to great benefit that you that you practice this personally, right? You're not just taking care of the people who have expectations of you. You are really taking care of your of yourself. Of that's yourself, right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's right. The, And I think for people who have ADHD traits, it's really difficult to have that internal locus of control, as we call it, but that internal sense of control. We sort of bounce around and let the external environment tell us what to do. And and we give over our, um, our direction to other people. So a lot of times that includes expectations. And I think managing your ADHD well during times of stress means being really clear about what people can expect from you. So this leads to a question. What what would you say or suggestions you would give to people who do feel a little out of control when it comes to impulsive behavior? Like, you know, so, okay, that that conversation got started and it's getting a little heated <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, I, how, what would you say in that situation? Well, I mean, obviously, 
as you know from working with coaching clients, it, it all of those contexts are different. And what I would say is have a couple of key questions to ask yourself in those times of moments, like, how am I feeling about this situation? Is there a way for me to change what's going on right now in a positive way instead of just reacting in a really sort of negative emotional way? Um, but whenever <laughs> there's sort of this rule that I take with not a rule, but there's a methodology <laughs> mm -hmm. to dealing with ADHD. And this is true in an impulsive situation. It's true when you're trying to meet other people's expectations. It's true when you have this gigantic to-do list that it's, you're feeling overwhelmed with. But the first thing is to sort of optimize the way your brain is functioning. And that's part of that self-care stuff that, that was mentioned. So are you sleeping? You know, did you remember to eat today? <laughs> right. Um, taking your medications. Mindfulness is a part of that. Exercise. So making sure that you're doing those things as much as possible to take the best care of yourself as possible so that your brain is at its sort of optimal. So that's the number one thing, because that will give you the that will give you the ability to say in that situation that you brought up, Nikki, like, wow, things are getting a little heated here. Mm -hmm. But if your brain isn't sort of present there, <laughs> you might not even be able to stop and say, hey, things are getting a little heated here. You're just going to jump right in and, and start being impulsive because you didn't notice that this was a good time to pull back and to take a pause and to shift. Um, so that's sort of the number one thing. And then the, the second part is obviously relying on those trusted structures that you were talking about, Pete. So, you know, do I have a couple tactics that I can pull out of my toolbox in this moment, which would be have another topic to um, talk about. I had a client one time who, um, when she would go home for holidays, all of her great aunts would say, you know, so why aren't you married yet? <laughs> you know? And she was in her early thirties and really active, smart, intelligent, creative young woman, but that she would just feel this pressure. And, um, so we came up with a couple of, you know, tactics for her, her toolbox. And one was to just say, Oh, can I get you another, you know, beverage? And she, <laughs> Aunt so and so, and she would go and get another. You know, would you like to drink room. some more wine? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Can I refill your plate? You know, or how's your son doing? Like a deflection um, to change the subject, or you know, she would just sort of leave the room and go into a different space. Um, have questions that she could ask them. So if you can come up with specific tactics for your anticipated pitfalls that would be the best strategy. But of course, you have to be able to stop and say, I am not going to jump in here and say to my aunt, you know, of no, I'm not married yet. You know, what about right. it? Yeah. <laughs> Back off, lady. Why do you always <laughs> ask me that? You know, so there, you have to be able to, to notice what's happening in the moment, pause and pull out an, a helpful self-supportive tactic. And that's, I think, another going back to the whole mindfulness thing. It gives you more of an ability to do that 
when you're practicing mindfulness regularly. I, I love this because, you know, it, it reminds me, I, we, having just gone through Thanksgiving, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty present with where my own deficiencies are in this regard. And, and you know, I, I have to come back to the fact that mindfulness, we've already mentioned, you know, we, we've teased out meditation and these other tactics, but I think a lot of people still consider mindfulness meditation, right? And there are so many other things involved in practice practicing mindfulness every day and and some of the things you bring up really impact me. I am unable to be mindful in stressful situations if I have too much sugar in my system and the holidays compromise me left and right uh, because of all the sugar and and uh, you know alcohol and all of the things that that go to making me less mindful. I need to find those strategies that allow me to cleanse my body not just my mind. That's right. And I love that example because it's so specific. That pitfall that you are able to anticipate that's going to roadblock you (laughs) might not be the same for somebody else. You know, sugar doesn't affect me that way. So, you know, have at the cookies. But being able to to dream, I know, (laughs) but being able to anticipate, okay, where are my specific energy drainers or, you know, things that throw a wrench into the works for me and figuring out a couple specific tactics for those ahead of time can be incredibly empowering during these times of stress. Um, So those are sort of looking at the things that make your energy go wacky or drain your energy. And I think, you know, we have to flip that on its head too and say, okay, so we also want to look at the things that give us more energy during this time so that we can build it up as much as possible. Now, when you were talking about, uh, you know, you're going into a, a family dinner and just sort of thinking about what your tactics might be or your tools, right, in your toolbox. One of the things that came to my mind when I was thinking so much was, <laughs> you know, giving yourself a half hour before dinner starts if you're not prepping, you know, but if, if, you know, you're done with what you're doing, giving yourself some time by yourself to just sort of recenter, take a couple of deep breaths, kind of know that, okay, this, you know, this is going to be a great evening and just sort of have some of those positive affirmations, right? The things that do help and then go into the situation, but, but, but allowing yourself to, to have those few moments before sitting down. And I think that that's really, you know, important for everything that we do if we know we're heading into something that is going to tax our energy a little bit whether it's stressful or not you know it's it could be wonderful but still be hard work we want to sort of give ourselves a little boost i just want to notice two things in there and the one is a half an hour you know i can hear a lot of adhd people right wait a minute (laughs) there's no way i've got people showing up at the door and uh, you know i'm trying to you know, watch the potatoes and do all this other stuff, that's just not going to happen. So one of the things that I think is helpful is to change that script just a hair by saying, I'm going to find somebody else who can help me to give myself a couple of moments. So I'm, you know, stirring the green beans. I can say to my aunt, hey, can you watch these for just three minutes? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out and stand in the backyard and look at the sky you know, <laughs> right, yeah. right. And, yeah. ha- and feel how my feet feel grounded to the earth just for a minute. 
And right there, you've given yourself a real gift of recentering, kind of rebooting your energy. So it doesn't have to be a big thing. I mean, half an hour would be great, but... Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and, that, and when I said that, I'm like, unless you're prepping, because yeah, you're not going to have that half hour at all. No, you're absolutely well, right. Well, and, and I, I think that's that. a great example, though, of how we roadblock ourselves, right? Oh, I don't have a half an hour, so I guess that because I'm prepping, I just simply can't do it. So that's where we had to catch that self-roadblocking thing. I did it to myself. I was at, I go and I, I'm, I'm working out at the fitness center and I meet somebody there and he said, well, you know, let's go twice next week. And the first thing I thought of was there is no way <laughs> yeah, that I can yes. come and work out for two hours next week because I'm too busy, just like everybody else. I haven't done my Christmas shopping yet. I, we still have some decorating to do. You know, there's just piles of things to be done. And, um, I thought, you know, this is a classic example of how I'm allowing the stress of the holidays to sabotage my own self-care. And so I'm roadblocking myself. So what I need to do is say, okay, I can sacrifice two hours to go and work out at the fitness center. I just have to go home and sort of figure out where I'm going to fit them in and then figure out where I'm going to fit everything else in around that. But catching those little roadblocks where you're like, well, guess I can't do that. And then gently tweaking it so that it's more doable. It's really important. When's the last time you guys have seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Oh, my oh, goodness. we watch it every year. <laughs> every year, right? Every yeah. Yeah, we, For the last 17 years, Christmas Eve, that's our that's our holiday movie. That's and hilarious. ours, our, we have a line, my wife and I, between us from that movie that actually exemplifies this when, we, when we're being asked for too much mm. and we need to redirect. Uh, we'll look at our watch and say, oh, woo, look at the time. I got to get to bed. Still got to brush my teeth feed the hog still got some homework to do got those bills to pay watch the it's it is the best line from the, it's like an amazing gift from that movie for people who are struggling with redirection and adhd <laughs> they use it all the time i gotta feed the hog sorry gotta feed the hog got homework to do oh got those bills to pay mm-hmm. well and i think what you said there though it's really classic is that you know when i'm being asked for too much is when we want to pull out some sort of deflection or self-rescuing system. Um, But a lot of times those being asked for too much things are coming from inside our own selves. Um, We ask ourselves to do too much. You know, I have a a woman who I work with. She's got four kids and um, she's a stay-at-home mom and she is really involved in her church and Christmas is a big deal for her. You know, it's, it's, it's supposed to be, like you said, a wonderful, joyous time in her family's life. And she said to me the other day, I hate Christmas. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that's so sad. I know. And it just, I could feel her energy, you know, just, it was desperate. And I, I said, okay, well, let's talk about that. What is getting in your way of experiencing Christmas in a joyful family time kind of way? And she just went on and on and on. Oh, I have to set up this tree and every year it drives me crazy and I have to send out these cards and I have to do this and this, 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 this. next thing you know, she's got 50,000 things on her to-do list. And she's just like, I can't, my energy's gone. I can't do it. Um, so her expectations of what Christmas looks like were getting in the way of her actually participating in Christmas. Um, 
and enjoying it and being present with her family, you know? And, and so she, I said, well, you know, tell, let's, she kept going back to the tree and it was like, okay, so let's talk about the tree. Why is this tree such a roadblock? Well, it's a nine foot Christmas tree. <laughs> like, okay. <Wow. laughs> yeah. And who is helping you install the nine foot Christmas tree? You know, uh, oh no, she has to do that all herself. And I'm like, okay, so do you really need a nine foot tree? You know, so do you really need to have giant stockings for everybody in the family? Do you really need to have you know, four gifts for each of the four kids. She has these very um, ideal expectations for what Christmas should look like and setting herself up for failure because she's never going to get all of that done. It's never going to be perfect. Um, so this goes back to that sort of perfectionism problem that a lot of people with ADHD experience Um so one of the things that I also like to do when you are looking at that giant to-do list, like I got to do my homework and feed the hogs and <laughs> pay the bills and all that other stuff, but it's, you know, okay, dump all that stuff out, do a brain dump, write it all down. This is everything that I have to do in order to feel ready for Christmas and then attack your list. So, you know, it's sort of like wrestling with the beast. You just say, okay, what can I cross off of this list that are not have to's? They're just optionals, right? They might be nice, but let's just cross them off. Um, and then are there things that we can cut down in size or scope? So, you know, do I have to go to all of the Christmas parties or or Hanukkah parties or whatever, any kind of holiday party that I was invited to? Or can I just pick one or two? Um, do I need a nine foot Christmas tree or could I do a tabletop Christmas tree instead? You know, like let's try to get this under control a little bit and then to ask for help with things, you know, can I get some help? Can people share in the burden of wrapping gifts or, you know, decorating or what have you? So getting that to-do list under control will also help preserve your energy so that when you're sitting around the table and your aunt says, hey, why aren't you married yet? <laughs> you don't explode. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's all part of the same system. Well, and I don't know if you, maybe this is just me, but I, I have to remind myself in, in, in certain situations to be mindful. So over Thanksgiving, uh, my whole family got together and I have a very small family. So it was really neat to see my side of the family all, all together at one time. And I remember taking a moment and just sort of almost taking a picture in my mind of all of these people together, you know, in the same place. And, and I have to just sort of remind myself, be mindful, be in the, be in the present. Don't think about anything else. And, and I can see myself doing that at Christmas too. We've got a couple of dinners and, and just sort of reminding yourself, okay, just take a moment and observe right. what's yep. around you. And that's again, easier to do if you practice, you know, that that's that stop practice, which is the, you know, you stopped in the middle of that Thanksgiving dinner and you took a breath and you observed what was going on around you in a really intense kind of way. And then you were able to proceed with a sense of presence, right? Right, right, exactly. So that's that stop practice. You stop, take a breath, breath observe, and proceed. Um, and that takes practice. 
<laughs> so I've been practicing. You're doing good. really well. I'm impressed. <laughs> but reminding yourself, yeah, but reminding yourself to do that ahead of time, um, though, I think can be really helpful. And as we know, for for folks who have ADHD, doing external reminders is a huge piece of that sort of trusted strategies that work. So put up a sign, you know, a sticky note in the inside of your cupboard that says, okay, you know, notice what's going on right now. Notice. Notice. Oh, it's so powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. You know, we say breathe, which I think does connect us to our body and that's lovely, but I think noticing is also part of that. This is, uh, as always, Casey, a wonderful conversation. Thank you for lending your insights to the holidays today. We sure appreciate it. Uh, we, I know we have a couple of downloads uh, that we are making available off of Take Control ADHD. We've got an organizing for the holidays and a vacation planning checklist that uh, many people have used and found to be helpful. Uh, and I will put links to those in the show notes. And uh, Casey, for you, uh, what, what can you plug today? What would you like to share with the folks? Well, as always, if people with ADHD wanted to develop the mindfulness habit, they can check out my website, mindfullyadd.com. Um, it's a membership site that has over 40 mindfulness practices that are specifically designed for people with ADHD um, and some inspirational articles and how-tos and, and those kinds of things. Um, so that's sort of, I think, what would be the most helpful for people during this holiday season. And I just have to say, I put this on my Facebook um, page the other day recommending it, and one of your members chimed in and said, I love this site. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yes. really cool. I missed that. That's yeah. exciting. Good. So you've got a good review out there. <laughs> Excellent. So you guys need to check it out. Yeah. Thank you for sharing I'm sure you have that. more than one. I yeah, hope so. I but <laughs> We love to cross-pollinate good yeah. reviews, though. That's fantastic. <laughs> Any of that. The more of that, the better. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Casey Dixon. Uh, you, As always, you're a treat. We really appreciate your, uh, your insights and, and wisdom on the show. Thank you. And happy holidays. <laughs> yes. yes. And that seems like, uh, it seems like loaded with double meaning right. after today's conversation. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, and, and I think, so Nikki, you and I have just a, a couple more things going on before the end of the year, right? I don't know. Do we? <laughs> See, I'm so, I'm so in the present that I'm only thinking about right now. There you go. Right Look at now. how mindful you are. I, w- we, what do we actually have going are on, no. We do. We have two more shows going on. You know, a lot of podcasts are are saying good night for the year over this next week. Not so we us. Have, we've got not us. No way. Uh, I've got a uh, gifts for the ADHD buyer episode coming up. My digital episode next week, and then we've got our last episode of the year is a Q and A episode. That's right. And I wanted to give you a chance to to pitch that. Well, today. I just I want people to ask us any question that they have. So if they have a question about a past show or they have a question um, just for me and Pete, like, you know, how do we know each other? I don't know if you guys <laughs> even care about that, but, you know, you may you may care and we'll tell you um, anything, any kind of question that you have, any comment, um, any suggestion that you would like to see in the upcoming year. We would love to hear. But, yes, we wanted to dedicate the last show of 2016 for you, the listeners. And so please um, submit those as quickly as possible, because I'm not exactly sure when we're recording it. So I want to make we, sure I have well, everything. Yeah, I'll tell you. So it's it, it. We are. We need it in the next, like before the sixteenth. 
Yeah. That's when we yes. need it. We need these so. things before the 16th. So by the time you hear this, uh, you only got a couple of days left to uh, uh, to, to get those questions in. So right. uh, let us know and um, we will uh, we'll get them answered. Absolutely. And you I can. I think that's it. Well, I was just going to say they can ask the question either on my Facebook page or they can email me directly at Nikki at Take Control ADHD. They can go to the website and use the contact page. Uh, Twitter. We're watching Twitter. Yeah. I mean, you can share your question wherever you are. I will get it. Yep. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. I think that's it. Uh, On behalf of the wonderful Casey Dixon and the wonderful Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and tuning in this week. And we will catch you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.